0: There podcast land. with was such a guy once again, a combat sports, with rhino episode, two hundred and ten. Holy smoke. Our guest a little bit later on going 10 rounds with rhino undefeated, lightweight prospect out of the state of Florida. Mikey Conlin is going to join us. It's a great one. Can't wait for you guys to check that one out. So we had a very busy day of MMA yesterday, fam. Uh, we're going to be going over just the results from the PFL versus Bellator champs card in Saudi Arabia. Of course, our entire breakdown of UFC Mexico, which I'm also affectionately calling it splitties and subbies, because that's all we got <laughs> last time, pretty much. <laughs> our drop of the night, picks for UFC Vegas 87, some awesome Q&A with the Rhino game. They really brought it again this week. Uh, plus, like I said, the undefeated lightweight, Mikey Conlon, latest Friday to go 10 rounds of So APB, things are starting to warm up. The weather's starting to change. It's starting to get nicer. So let's go it's ahead and so get it. Our- nicer. Let's go ahead and get our swim trunks and our Flippy Floppies on and dive right in. So we all know about the big merger, the takeover, the buyout, whatever you want to call it, the absorption of PFL taking over for um, buying Bellator, which happened in the last few months. This was the first card they put together, and they put it together in a way where they tried to face the PFL champions versus the Bellator champions. So they did, in fact, call it PFL versus Bellator champs. Um, This took place in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Our first fight on the main card, our guy, our guy, Clay Collard, who we love, Rhino Gang Gang Gang, got in there with Anthony McKee or A.J. McKee. And he is a bad mother trucker, and he got Clay down, put him in an arm triangle, subbed him in like a minute and a half. It was quick. Anthony McKee did a great job of getting that done. Clay Collard still an awesome fighter. And he'll be back. But, yeah, that was the end of that one. Moving into the, the ageless, Yoel Romero, who I think is 47 at this point. And he so fought. I of, didn't watch any of
1: this. I did not know he fought.
0: Yeah, this was Joel Romero versus Tiago Santos. And Yoel Romero won via unanimous decision. Um, he landed the harder stuff, he landed more stuff. It was it's just crazy to see somebody who's like 47. That's amazing. 47 who can fucking look like that and fight like that. It's unbelievable. So moving into our next one, we have Vadim Nemkov at 265 uh, going against Bruno Capaloeza. And Vadim got the submission in round two, also by arm triangle choke. Then we had Jason Jackson at a catch weight of 182, getting the TKO over Ray Cooper third. He kicked him with some brutal leg kicks and put him on the ground, APB, and then jumped on him and finished him with GMP. Hmm. So a really nice TKO, two for Jason Jackson. Uh, moving into what was supposed to be the next fight, which was Patricky Pitbull versus Gabriel Alves. Uh, Alves pulled out. I don't know if it was injury or illness, but he pulled out before, so he did not get that fight. So that moved us into our co-main event, which was Johnny Eblen versus Impa Kasangade. This was the most competitive fight on the card, on the main card last night. Johnny Eblen um, really almost got taken out by Impa Kasangade, dude. He got rocked bad two or three times on the feet, but when he would, he used his fantastic wrestling to get on top of, of Impa and do some work. Nothing really came close to like any ground and pound TKO or a sub, really um it was just like on the feet impa was better on the ground johnny was much better the judges ended up giving it to johnny i actually scored it for impa but again you could totally see it super duper razor close so johnny eblin wins so at this point apb it, it is a clean sweep for for the for the bellator beating all the pfl champions so then like the last chance the last gasp the last glass <laughs> of water in the desert for the pfl to defend one of their belts and beat a, beat a bellator guy it was in 265. We had Hennon Fajita versus Ryan Darth Bader. Hen and Fajita, if you have never seen him, folks, it's a fucking I had never specimen.
1: I saw the clip.
0: <laughs> six foot eight, six foot nine, 265. He's got a cut to make it. Like, monster fucking guy. He comes out there. Bader, who's no slouch, he's like 6'2", 250 or whatever. But, like, he looked like a kid next to Hen and Fajita. Fajita, right from the jump. Um, is has has his arms out. He's pumping the jab. Bader just comes walking right in, no care in the world, and he's a ginormous right hand when he goes down. Fajada jumps on and finishes him up with some GMP. And yes, there might have been a shot or two to the back of the head, but whatever. We got the fucking quick fight, and we got the PFL to get at least one win in that one. So it was a fairly exciting night. A car on the card, like <clears throat> a lot of run-throughs, right? Not a, not a ton of competitive, you know, incredible, you don't know who's going to win back and forth besides the 85ers, so yeah, good showing for Bellator with their talent level, but now you got to remember, fam, it's one company now, so eventually it's going to be phased out and it might even be now where they just totally don't even bring up Bellator anymore and it's just all the PFL. So interesting stuff over there. Let's go ahead and get to the meat of the matter, which are our UFC Mexico City card. Our first one was Mohammed Naimov Versus Eric Silva, this fight barely got started. Um, Eric like avoided getting his head kicked and jumped like backwards. And I don't know exactly where he got his foot caught. I think it was between the cage and the canvas. But like he like fully hurt his leg bad. Um, Muhammad came came right in. You know what I mean? I don't know if he knew it or not, but got the clinch, got the takedown, and they had to stop the fight right at that point because Silva's leg was completely compromised. TKO in the first round for Muhammad. Nine off at 145. All right. Moving into 125, and there's a lot of 125ers on the card last night. We had Victor Alchemariano versus Felipe dos Santos. Um, lots of movement in the fight, which we saw a lot last night with a lot of the 125ers. A couple of takedowns for Alchemariano. Um, he landed some nice elbows on his takedowns. Dos Santos took his back. He had a rear naked ach- rear naked choke attempt late. Very close fight decision, which we're going to see a lot of those. Felipe Dos Santos over Victor Altamiriano. All right. Then we had 125. Again, we got Dennis Bondar versus Luis Rodriguez. We finally didn't get a splitty on this one. We had a right hand to take down for Bondar. And again, that was his technique last night. He was really throwing well. Some wild trades, right? And then Bondar took him down again. Luis reversed it, took his back, um, slapped on that rear naked choke in in the second round. Got it second round tap for Luis Rodriguez over Denise Bandar at 125. All right. Moving into 155, which, by the way, last night, the couple of 55 pound fights, these guys look massive. You're like, holy shit, look at these big guys. It's, it's 155. That's <laughs> just because everybody was just so small on the card. The 55ers look like giants. So we had Claudio Puelas versus Perez Zayam. Um, I did not really enjoy this fight very much. Puelas had a lot of takedowns. Zayam would hit him a few times on the feet, but the kept, ta- kept on taking him down. Somehow, some way, Zayam got the split decision on this one. Not the right call. Not a good call. Really bad, really questionable judging at a lot of the fight. Yeah, lots so, of the decisions were shit. <clears throat> Puelas really won that fight. Zayam um, shouldn't have, but they gave it to him anyway, so that is what it is at 155. All right, moving into Daniel Lacerda versus Edgar Charez they were exchanging really hard leg kicks early then lacerda got the takedown charrez slapped on the the uh wait a minute charrez got the says i put charrez slaps on the triangle choke and lacerda taps out now i think i must have written the wrong thing cuz i circled lacerda as the winner but i wrote down i wrote charrez as the winner so <laughs> hey, BB, if you could clarify that and pull up either tapology or um any one of the formats that you use to look up here for me, Could you find out who actually won? Was it Daniel Lacerda submission in the first round or was it Andrew Charez submission in the first round? It was Charez. Good. All right. So I wrote it down, right. And I circled it wrong. Fair enough. Thank you for the clarification, my friend. All right. You're welcome. Moving into another 125 pounder flyweight fight last night. We had Jesus Aguilar versus Mateus Mendoza. Again, uh, early takedown for Mendoza, scrambled, a lot of wall wrestling. Um, you know, both had time on top control. Another takedown for Mendoza. Jesus got himself up and did some scrambles. But again, Mateus Mendoza did a far better job of getting on top, holding top control, landing a little bit of GMP, a couple sub attempts. Aguilar did okay on the feet, but he he really lost that fight. <laughs> like, no way around it. Mateus Mendoza should have gotten the decision again somehow some way jesus aguilar got the split decision in that one really really bad decision i know our girl shannon even put like no 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 way and i kind <laughs> like of like yeah that was really really bad so you know no no disrespect to aguilar it's not his fault but my god mendoza won that fight all right moving into our seventh one we had christian quinones versus honey bar solos pretty fun back and forth and then in the uh, in the in the third Quinonez landed two really hard right hands. Barcelos got knocked out, was able to gamely get up. This was the second round, actually. He got up, started exchanging again, and then in the third. He got rocked again, but Barcelos fucking was just going to eat all these shots, get is a little bit tired out, gets the takedown, grits his back, slaps on the rear naked choke in the third, and taps him out. Honey Barcelos, what a fun fight that was. That was a good one versus Christian Quinones. Gets the rear naked choke in the third. All right. Moving into, again, the humongous 155ers last night, Chris Duncan versus Manuel Torres. Chris Duncan coming in all the way from Scotland <clears throat> against Manuel Torres. And, like, the very first punch that he threw, Chris hurt Manuel. and He was kind of reeling backwards. They got close together. Manuel landed a beautiful knee to Chris Duncan's face, which I think really kind of dazed him or stunned him. They go down to the ground. Manuel takes his back. Again, we get on that submission train, slap, I mean, claps it on, subs it out in the first round. Manuel Torres, what a nice performance by you. Great job, young man. All right. Moving into our only Rhino Gang fighter on last night's UFC Mexico card. We have Sam Hughes versus Jasmine. Now, I couldn't pronounce it last week, APB, so I made sure I listened very intently on how the commentators were calling it last night. So, that's spelled J-A-U-R-E-G-U-I, but it's pronounced how, how airgy. So we had Yasmin, howergy versus Sam Hughes. Big right hand early for Yasmin. Um, really seemed to kind of get Sam's attention. Sam tried to try to turn it up a little bit, was marching forward. But every time she would get inside, Yasmin would land a one, two, a one, two, teep, a leg kick of teep again. Like these combinations were just beautifully being chained together all night. For Yasmin. And again, it was the same story all three rounds, basically. Sam was marching forward, trying to land her stuff. She tried a couple of takedowns, but even Cruz was very specific in saying that she was way too high and wasn't getting her arms underneath the hips to try to get that takedown. She was almost turning into body locks and maybe trying to look for a trip takedown or or whatever, a level change. But how she was not having any of it, dude. She kept her distance. She kept, she shucked off the takedown attempts. Beautiful combinations all night with both the legs and the feet. He has been Hawaiirjee, did a great job, got the very clear cut. 30-27 over Sam Hughes in that one at 115. All right. We were then supposed to get Raul Rosas Jr. versus Ricky Tercios, which I was very much looking forward to. Me too.
1: I was so bummed.
0: <coughs> unfortunately, Raul Rosas Jr. was sick in the back. They have rescheduled it for this coming weekend, um, which I don't know if they're gonna let them like gain weight and fight at 45 or forty five. Dana White, he
1: talked about that on the presser, and he said they already made weight, so it's going to be catch weight.
0: Okay, which is good because they, they should not have right. to try to cut weight again. No. Um, so, yeah, Rosas and Tricio should be next week at the Apex. So well, that moves us into, again, the ginormous 155ers again. <laughs> Daniel Zell Huber versus Francisco Prado. And I think that Zell Huber was the only guy on the card last night who was my height. I think he was the only 6'1 guy on the entire card. I think he was the tallest guy. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. But he got in there, and him and Francisco Prado, who I affectionately call, and I'm sure somebody else has done as well. He reminds me of like the Argentine Drew Dober. It's kind of what he looks like. Yes, right.
1: We were talking about that last night, about how much he reminded us of Drew Dober, not only in his look, but kind of in his fight. How he fights, too.
0: exactly. The yeah. big hooks, the marching forward. Right. The the beautiful part about last night. So and this funny. was this was probably, yeah, this was probably my favorite fight. On the card last night, to be honest, Zell Huber, super tall, Prado, short, thicker, stockier. These motherfuckers went to war the
1: entire time. I liked this fight.
0: It was so good. Prado having like wing hooks to get inside and was landing. Zell Huber staying on the outside with the beautiful jabs. And you often don't see in MMA, even at the highest level, a guy throwing four, five, six jabs all in a row and landing at least half and doing real damage. Beautiful job of fighting tall, staying tall, and staying on his bike with Daniels Zahuber keeping that jab pumping all night. And all props to fucking Prado for coming forward and eating four or five and still landing a big hook or a shot to the body and pressing and making an exciting fight. Both of these guys did a fantastic job last night. Can't say enough good things about him. So, got the very warranted, uh, you name decision, but man, big shout out to Prado for how he stuck in there and kept the fight going. All right. Moving into our next fight, which is Brian City Ortega versus Yair El Pantera Rodriguez. This one was a rematch of the previous, you know, the injury loss for Ortega a year and a half ago. He had to get surgery. He had a long road back. So they get out there, first of all, before anything. APB, I've seen this. <laughs> I've seen this a couple times, like, In life, but just like on the internet, you know, where someone is warming up while they're being introduced and they hurt themselves. Yeah. This one. (laughs) I thought it was going to be over before it started. I I was
1: like, oh my God, he did not just do that.
0: (laughs) So, for those of us who remember, um, T.D. Ortiz used to always get the ring and do this stomp where he would jump up in the air two or three times, like bring his knees up to his chest and stomp down on the canvas. T. City. Did that last night, but when T City did, <laughs> he rolled his fucking ankle Damn as you. Bruce Bruffers introducing <laughs> him, and he's like, oh shit, he's like limping around. I'm like, are they gonna they're gonna fucking call it? They're gonna fucking call yeah. it before we even get in there and do it. But thankfully he's like shaking it off. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those deals where and you can never fault MMA for not always being something new happening because something <laughs> new happens every fucking week. Yeah. <laughs> and to see him roll his fucking ankle while Bruce Bumper's introducing him, I was like, I can't, I cannot with this. So they get out there right away. Al Pantera starts whooping in fucking Ortega's ass, <laughs> yeah, landing did. really nice punches, super like fast kicks. As we know, he does. He's a super good striker, and Ortega. Was getting rocked. His eye was already swollen up. He was cut. Nose was bleeding. He was getting rocked from pillar to post, left, right, and center. They did go to the ground a couple of times, but Yair didn't want any part of it. Got back up. Um, and then later, Yair was landing some decent ground and pound while they were down there. But you know, smartly didn't get caught with any silly submissions. So you're thinking to yourself at this point, the narrative has become, well, Yair's going to just be, keep beating his ass. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's gonna keep marching forward. He's gonna keep landing the big hooks and the kicks, and eventually he's gonna catch Ortega. Not at all what fucking no. happened. Second round, Brian Ortega is the one marching forward. He's the one landing punches. He takes Yair down, gets on top, lands some really nice ground and pound, including some beautiful elbows, which opened up Yair in the second. And I think that took a lot of um, a lot of the spirit out of Rodriguez in that second round because he was like, look. I beat the shit out of this guy for five minutes, and now this is what he's doing to me? Fuck, what do I do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Then they get into the fucking third round. Ortega, again, gets gets Yair down to the ground. Ortega, beautiful fucking ground and pound, which leads into him getting over on the right-hand side, or on the left-hand side, I should say, getting in perfect arm triangle position, slapping it on, and tapping Yair Rodriguez out in the third round which some prognosticator from a beautiful little independent show said was going to happen, did in (laughs) fact happen. However, I did think it was going to be Yair had heard him and then Yair was going to follow him to the ground. That's not how it went. But I got the submission to the third round call. T-City Ortega, submission in the third round over Yair Rodriguez. Wow, what a comeback. What a fun fucking um, submission that was able to pull out very, very good. All right. Moving into our main event of the evening, we had another 125 pound fight on the line. We had Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Royval. Can Brandon Moreno like? Is he always in one of these APB? Are they always super duper close, back and forth, ebbs and flows? He's winning some of the time, he's getting his ass kicked other time, and then winning or losing a split decision. That's like every fight this dude ever has. Yeah. What was your, what was your take on that?
1: Uh, I was asleep and I tried to watch a little bit of this morning, but I didn't. So I don't, I don't know.
0: <laughs> the long story short was this, uh, again, it was super back and forth. It seemed like every time Moreno had an advantage on the feet and would light up, uh, right out with a few shots, Roy Val would then come back and do the exact same thing back to Brandon Moreno. It was like. The, nobody can get ahead. Nobody can get advantage. So it was like one person lands four or five and, you know, the, is able to get away from danger. Then the other person comes back and lands four or five and then gets out of danger. It, it was really a super-duper close back-and-forth fight. Nothing super damaging, just a lot of accumulation by both guys, you know, as a five-rounder. Ended up being a split decision for Brandon Royval, which, again, just like one of the fights earlier, I actually had Moreno winning. Okay. I, thought he, I thought he did enough. Roybal got the split decision, which I do not have a problem with. It was that close, that back and forth. Again, I'm not going to fault these guys. They put it out there, put it on the line, and it was close enough where I'm not pissed. There were some other fights on the card where I thought were complete bullshit. Yeah. Number they one, were. number one being the Jesus Aguilar versus Mateus Mendoza. But it is what it is. We'll just go ahead. Of, overall, good card. Not great, but good card last night from Mexico City. All right. So obviously, our drop of the night cannot come. From the fucking UFC, because <laughs> no. there were hardly any no of them. Rocks. So I'm definitely going with for Ferreira with his beautiful TKO in the first round over Ryan Bader in the PFL versus Bellator card from Saudi Arabia. Is that which one you're going to go with, to APB?
1: I mean, it's the only one there is, so yes.
0: Fair enough, my friend. All right, well, as we always say, this train keeps on and moving. So we got main card picks for next week. UFC Vegas 87. At 135, I've got Umar. Nurmagomedov meaning best cat Almakatan Almakan? and i got that being by TKO in the third round via ground and pound. What about you APB? Okay, I have
1: Nurmagomedov with the rear naked choke in round two.
0: I can definitely see that one too. Alright, going into 125 Steve Ersig versus uh, Matt Danger Danger! Schnell i got Ersig winning by submission in the third round arm triangle choke. What about you? <laughs>
1: I have Snow with a triangle in round three.
0: Interesting. All right. We're moving to 125. We've got Mohammed Makaev beating Alan Perez by ground and pound in the first round. TKO1 GNP for Mokayev. What about you?
1: I have Makaya with the guillotine uh, in round three.
0: Oh, we're getting all finishes, I think, is what's happening here. All right, we got Rhino Gang, 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 Eric Anders. Now, God, I looked that up a little bit ago, APB. That was back in, like, 2019 is when I had Eric Anders on, I think. That's wow. a long time ago. I know. Eric Anders, 185, we're going against Jamie Pickett. I think it's going to be a fun fight. Yeah. But I got Eric, Eric Anders, TKO in the third round, um, up against the cage, landing and strike. So uh, uppercuts, elbows, inside punches, knees. I, I think Eric Anders is going to beat Jamie Pickett up against the fence, TKO in the third.
1: Nice. I have Eric Anders with the
0: TKO in round two. Excellent. Moving into 205. now. This makes me happy to see 185, 205, and 265 as our last three fights. So I got Vitor, Petrino, and Tyson Pedro. And I know the ladies love them some Tyson Pedro. I know. But I think Vitor (laughs) gets it done on this one. I got TKO in the third round via leg kicks. I think Petrino gets them with leg kicks TKO. Third round over Tyson Pedro. What about you? I have Petrino TKO in round one. Oh, all right. Moving into our main event, I got Shamil Gaziev beating Jerezinho Rosenstrike by a unanimous decision. And I worry, APB, this one is not going to be the most fun and exciting fight. I think it's going to be kind of a slow, dragging, back and forth, kind of a not the kind of heavyweight fights that we like to see, but like the ones we're worried about. <laughs> I think it's going to be a slow fight. I think Gaziev is going to lean on him a lot. And, um, yeah, UD. for. I don't uh, even know who
1: Gaziev is. Like, where have I seen him before? I think you have. I'm sure I have. If you look at my book, you'll notice. What the fuck is this? (laughs) What's looking at it? (laughs) But I don't really like Rosenstrike, and he has a shitty record. So I picked Gaziev with the clean KO in round one just because it'll be time to go to bed.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens. That would be great. I just, oh, man. I'm concerned it's going to be another black eye on the old... Uh, You're
1: probably right, but I like...
0: Heavyweight, keep, on the heavyweight division. I like which, to keep it exciting, so... Right. I hope so, too, but I just don't see it. All right, let's go get our Q&A. With some members of the Rondo Gang, our first one comes from our homie, the Denver Broncos-loving fanatic, Ty the Fly Guy. Ty, what do you got for this week, dude? Ty says, so the
1: PFL burst... Versus, I can't even talk. Let me start over. Sure. So the PFL versus Bellator card was pretty exciting. It makes me wonder why there are not more cross-promotion fights. We have one versus Ryzen and now PFL versus Bellator. Since we know Dana won't cross-promote the UFC with any other organizations, what is one male and one female cross-promotion that you would legitimately be excited about? Let me know what you think. Love the show and I'll catch you later.
0: Peace. Well, Ty, while I think you're right in that in a 99% chance, we will never see a UFC crossover as long as Dana White is in charge. Dana White also loves money and he loves publicity. So if they could ever come up with a scenario where there would be a crossover fight, it would be John Jones and Francis Ngannou. We all want to see that fight and Ngannou never lost his title. There's the bad blood with the UFC. John Jones has long been the kind of the person they put out in front, being like, "This is our best fighter of all time." That would be. We saw them both at, at the PFL, you know, show last night. I think if enough money is generated and enough publicity is, you know, could be could happen, we could theoretically see. I'm not saying it's probable because it's not but I'm saying it's possible. So you're telling me there's a chance. So I think that Francis Ngannou and John Jones could possibly happen, and I would love to see it. That would be the number one male fight from any cross promotion that I would want to see. That would be, be my number one fight I would pick up in combat sports to watch. I want to see that fight the absolute most. So that's that one. Secondly, and this should be a surprise to no one, I want to see Cyborg and Kayla Harrison. They've been circling each other for years, sucking all this shit. We never got Ronda versus Cyborg even though I really wanted to see it. Let's not let this one slip away too. Let's figure out a way. Kayla's now in the UFC. Long time, you know, in the PFL. Cyborg, dude, I can't stand Kayla Harrison. I've said it a thousand times. Cyborg would get in there and crush her fucking face. (laughs) And I really, really (laughs) want to see that. So I would say Cyborg versus Kayla Harrison on the ladies' side. Definitely want to see that one. I'd be all about it. And, yeah, so that's my answer on that one. Great question, as always, Ty. Thank you very much, my dude. All right. Let's get into the big homie. The big homie, Jim, Jim, what do you got for us this week, dude?
1: What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? (laughs) Rhino and the Rhino gang. Hope y'all are doing well. After seeing that monster for PFL destroy Bader, you think he has a shot against Francis? You kids know it's always foretorn. Peace. Peace.
0: (laughs) Yeah, OG, he definitely has a shot at him, but I'll tell you this. In 2022, and I remember watching the fight, but I had to look up when it was. In 2022, um, Hannah Fajeda fought a guy named Ante DeLiha. And, again, Fajeda is... Enormous, 6'9", <laughs> 260, whatever. Like just his huge power, huge guy. Ante Delija is not a big guy. He's more like Bader size, and he pieced up Henafajada. Now like look at 2022. That's not that long ago. He pieced him up and got him out of there in the first fucking round. Now Ante Delija is a good striker, but we're talking about Francis Fucking Engadino. We're talking about a guy who ever you know went in there against Tyson Fury and looked fantastic in his first ever pro boxing match against the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. I don't think there would be any problem with the size. I don't think there would be any problem with, you know, trying to figure out how to get inside and land his shots. I think that Francis Ngannou's resume, his own size and power, would be way too much for Hannah Fajeda, and I think Francis Ngannou knocks out Hennep Fajeda probably in the first round. Does, does Fajeda have a chance? Of course he does. He's a monster, huge power. Of course he could land some of the four-ounce glove, and get to him, But, I'd say nine times out of ten, Francis Ngannou destroys Hannah Fajeda. So that is my answer on that one, OG. Thank you very much, my dude. Alright, let's get into our next one, which comes from the homie, the Raging Sweet Potato from up in Canada RSP is the choice for me. RSP, what do you got for us this week, Goose? RSP says,
1: 15 of the fighters featured on last night's UFC Mexico City card were coming off a loss. 12 fighters are Dana White Contender Series alumni, and three are tough alumni. There were a total of four ranked fighters for two ranked fights. The quality of the average UFC fight night has drastically declined in recent years and is largely due, in my opinion, to an increasingly high turnover rate of fighters. Do you think that the NFL, NHL, NBA, or MBL? Would be able to thrive under the kind of conditions the UFC has created, with the brand being the sole focus and not the players.
0: There's, there's not a chance they could, my friend. And first of all, shout out to RSP who has always had such well-researched questions because you have stats out there that I would never even think to look up, and you always do it. You do it consistently. So big shout out to you, my friend. Yeah, there's no fucking way that those major sports organizations would be able to make the brand. The focal point and not the players, but here's why, and here's the biggest difference I see between that and combat sports: <clears throat> the individual versus the team. The the players on the NFL or the MLB or the NHL specifically and especially, they all need to be doing their specific jobs well in order for the machine to work right. Like if you have a really good offense, but your left tackle and your center both suck, you're going to get sacked all night in the NFL, and you're going to suck as a team. Whereas when you come to And that's the same for MLB and NHL. When it comes to the NBA, it's a little bit less, I think, because really we've seen it where like a superstar in the NBA can fully carry his team to win. Would that last for a whole season? Probably not. But he can at least win some games almost exclusively by himself. The individual aspect of combat sports is different in that it becomes like, yeah, you can have your own brand, you can have your own fan base, and you can have people, but how many dozens and dozens of fighters do we just see come and go every fucking couple of months? Tons. And it's not that we're like sitting here like, oh man, I want whatever happened to so-and-so and so-and-so. And so. Like, not usually. Usually it's just like, all right, move on to the next one because the UFC card is coming up. So you're absolutely right in that the promotion itself is really the drawing point with a few stars sprinkled, you know, sprinkled around it. But people expect high production quality, they expect exciting fights, and they expect fucking the UFC to bring it better than all the other MMA promotions. Whereas I think in the team sports, you really have to have everybody on the team doing their share and being really good at their specific job um, in order for them to work. So that, those are, those are there in lies like the main differences that I see between them. But yeah, dude, you're absolutely right. The depth of talent has has definitely suffered from so many guys, either retiring or going to other, you know, other promotions I do think at some point it's gonna change, it's gonna reverse, it's gonna go back the other direction, my dude, because people are getting so much better at MMA and there's so many more gyms, there's so many more fights, there's so many more regional promotions. I think in the next couple of years, I think we're gonna start seeing these fight nights where even the guys who are eight and three coming into their you know debut, they're gonna be really, really good. So that's my answer on that one. RSP, thank you very much, my dude. All right, let's get into our homie, the thruple juice, the thruple juicy fruit, baby. What do you got for us this week, dude? Ripple Juice has two
1: questions, and they're both great. So, uh, first question, is Mexican Marab the new mythical fighter? (laughs) No. Second question, (laughs) also, how much of a bitch is
0: Brian Ortega? All right, Juice. So... Uh, we're gonna have to wait <laughs> and see women. about Marab. He is Mexican Marab was really funny last night. I he love is, Mexican
1: Marab. He and is I, so I, funny. I think
0: he is the new mythical fighter. He is not a new mythical fighter. Okay, <laughs> he's not gonna wear that for his next fight. So it's not gonna go sea level. Cane. And uh, in-ring thador are my two favorite mythical <laughs> fighters. But, <laughs> but, no, Mexican Mirab, I think that was a one-and-done performance last night. And, like, who doesn't love that guy? He is so fun, and he's always having a great time. So, shout-out to Mirab. Mirab the Wallace Um, I don't think T-City is a bitch at all. And, I by think the way, bitch. full disclosure, Juice and I were fully, like, texting earlier today about <laughs> i do not think ortega is a bitch and i was kind of going on we were kind of going off said it was really fun and why does he we...
1: think that ortega is a bitch
0: <clears throat> well juice had had yet been able to watch the fights and he had heard from somebody that he thought that ortega was talking a bunch of shit about um about tracy in his post my interview i said that didn't happen Dude, he kind of, he referenced it a little bit saying now he's on the straight and narrow and now he's focused or whatever, but he never really shits on Tracy. You know what I mean? In, in the interview. So I think he got some bad info. So I think that's why he was saying that. So oh. okay. <clears throat> okay. I like, I like T-City. I do not find him to be a bitch. Obviously he's a phenomenal jiu-jitsu fighter, but like he always makes the fights exciting. He comes forward and he throws punches. Even if he's fighting somebody who's a better striker than him, he still gets himself in the pocket, which is commendable. Obviously, anytime it hits the mat, you're expecting to see him submit you because he is so fucking good at that. I grant you outside of the cage, he seems pretty cocky, but do you know any other ultra handsome guys who have a lot of money, who see, are young, who, who do not have a cocky attitude? I don't know any. Okay. Yeah. Anybody who looks like that. has a ton of money at like, what is he? 32 years old or whatever it is. I don't know. Like they're, they're all going to have that cocky kind of attitude. Um, so, yeah, I like T City overall. I like watching him fight, and I do not find him to be a bitch. APB, I feel like you're chomping at the bit to weigh in. So go ahead and have at it, my friend.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't used to think he was a bitch, but I think he is now. And I used to think he was cute, and I don't now. So, um, and he just, yeah, he's just too cocky all the time now and i feel like that he totally blew it with tracy cortez like that was real that was stupid that was a bitch move not sure what happened with them but and then last night um he almost ended the fight before it started by doing stupid stuff <laughs> and whenever he whenever um yair tapped he wouldn't let go and like Mark Goddard had to yell at him. Like, did you see that part? Cause that I did, but I don't. I don't think. I don't. Me. I was yeah, like, yeah. I don't. I don't <laughs> know what happened
0: there either. Where the disconnect was in communication, or if he was just trying to make a statement. Um, I think being a bitch. The... <laughs> so to end the tally on this one, we've got uh, on the CSWR crew under the bitch category. We've got a we've got a mark for APB saying yes. And a mark for the rhino saying no. So we've got a split decision. On
1: <laughs> <laughs> I still he love watching him fight, though. I still love him. I mean, he's great. great he is fighter.
0: great. Yes, indeed. But all right. A great person. <laughs> I think he is. Um, all right. So we're going to go ahead and get into our home in the Doc for our next writing question. Doc, what do you got for us this week, dude?
1: Doc says, as a fan of bigger weight classes, did you even notice while watching last night's card that every fight was 155 or lighter? If so, what did you think was the biggest difference?
0: Yeah, the most glaring difference for me last night, dude, with all the lighter it was like basically a it was basically a flyweight showcase with a few other lower weight classes on the card. But basically it was the pace of movement, first of all. So all the fights were very high pace, which you would expect having so many 25ers and 35ers on the car. I mean, like, very high pace movement, circling, footwork, all right there. The other thing that is unfortunate, but it's true, is that total lack of of KOs and, and, you know, people being really damaged on the feet. The 25ers, 35ers, and 45ers ob- honestly don't carry the same power that the bigger weight classes do, so you're going to have less fights that end either via KO on the feet, whether it's a, a kick or a punch or a fucking elbow or whatever. And that was proof in the pudding last night. I enjoyed last night's card overall. I did. I thought a lot of the judging was really bad, but I enjoyed the card overall. And it was still fun and exciting. However, I am definitely <laughs> someone who much prefers to see a standing KO, whether it's kick, punch, or otherwise. And so I definitely like the cards that are mixed with all different weight classes. So you're getting a little bit of a flavor of each one. Again, I did not dislike the card. I don't want to you know talk shit about it. But I will say, I obviously prefer when they're mixed together like they normally are, as opposed to it being almost 125 for the entire fucking card. So that was what I saw as the biggest difference, my dude. All right. Thank you very much. That great question, as always, Broski. So that is going to be the end of our writing questions. Let's go ahead and our 10 rounds of Rhino with lightweight Mikey Conlon after a quick word from our proud sponsors at K&R Design. Hey, Rhino gang. Are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, kandrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhinos, proud sponsor. Off oh, Fight family, or fantastic. guests going 10 rounds right up this week. Very hot prospect out of the state of Florida undefeated lightweight prospect star in the making i'm even gonna say mikey conlin is here mikey thank you so much for joining us today sir hello
2: hello i'm happy to be here brother thank you for the invite i'm happy
0: absolutely we're super stoked to have you on my man um so mikey the first round with rhino was always the same i love getting the origin story dude how'd you first get involved in this crazy wacky world of mma my guy
2: oh my goodness um uh, man, that's such a question. I grew up fighting. It was in my blood. My dad would tell me fight stories. And we would just sit at the edge of our seats on these road trips to New Jersey. Me and my brother would be at the edge of our seats in the back. And dad was just, just like a hero to us. Knocking people out. Uh, they called his fighting style Kung fu And our dad was just amazing. And he didn't know that he subconsciously planted that in our brains. Um, fast forward to my high school career. I fought a ton of kids. I won a lot of fights. My brother won a lot of fights. Like we pretty much won all of them, uh, honestly. And I had a fight video go viral. Um, it was literally in and out 30 seconds i should probably post it soon too it's been about 10 years 12 years but uh <laughs> dude i i i i slammed a kid on his head <laughs> i mean he was fine we were fine no legalities but i was the man and that was when social media was having its boom facebook youtube and it was like mikey conlon the mma fighter and i just kind of followed that path like falling off of it a few times but i'm still here and i still love it and i'm pretty good at it so i'm excited to see where it takes me
0: hell yeah my dude now as we record this we're only about a week Since your last win for the combat night promotion, a very quick first round TKO. Have you had fully like time to digest it? You know what I'm saying? Like be like, oh shit, that really happened. That was, you know, that was the kind of performance I was trying to put on. Has it all kind of sunk in for you yet, buddy? Uh,
2: Absolutely. Um, This was actually my third pro debut. The first two literally left me at the altar fight day and then weigh in day. Um, It was very, very weird. And um, you can't write a better story than that. But I had my third or my third. Uh, pro debut. It went through and it kind of worked. It kind of went how I uh, imagined it. I was a little more violent in my thoughts and dreams, but uh, I got the job done and I did it um, pretty unscathed. Actually, yeah. Best case scenario. I'm just my harshest critic. so.
0: <laughs> no, that's totally understandable and that's what makes a lot of us um that's what happens to a lot of us we are our biggest critic and that you know that's to be expected sometimes yeah like you said no injuries dude you got in unscathed you really came in and came out looking clean and does that mean you're looking to get back in there as soon as possible or do you want to take a little bit of a break before you start adding on our camp again um best case scenario
2: would be march 23rd in orlando just get back on the horse and and fade another cat and then i'm looking at may 4th and june 29th Perfect world. I get all three quick four and O oh before the first half of the year, but I think I will get two of the three, if not, you know, worst case scenario, one of the three. So I just want to get this ball rolling. I fight for combat night. I, I would say that I'm one of the poster boys and star boys there, and I'm going to leverage my platform and theirs and do a lot of good building the platform. So.
0: Oh, for sure. My friend, after a pretty extensive amy career, um, you know, like I said, you just had your pro debut last week. I uh, got the big win. What did you find to be the biggest difference? Obviously, besides getting paid, but what did you seem to find the biggest yeah. difference in your uh, amateur career and then moving over to professional? I found for myself, I loved taking the headgear off and I loved mm-hmm. the longer rounds. Like I loved more time to work. So those are two things that were I mean, in my Absolutely. pro career I really looked forward to. But was there something or there anything about the switch that you really thought was you know cool or the thing, something you didn't like? Anything about the changeover?
2: I would say it was the slow process of converting my work ethic and mentality from amateur pro and starting to do the things that a professional athlete should do and be more consistent with so really like having a really nice gear because that is part of my workout for those that, that is my tool uh, networking properly uh i mean i've always done that but uh also selling myself to other brands and 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 carrying myself in a professional manner like i i've always kind of done that but it, it's forcing me to hold myself a little more accountable because now I am my own brand, I am my own business, and we're, we're taking strides to um, get through the big show. I mean, the only reason to fight is to fight the best and see how far you can take it and, and the lives you impact on the way. So it, I would say not so much the the rounds uh, or the notion guards, which is cool. I have new weapons now, but I would say everything that goes on behind the scenes, every little thing that no one talks about
0: very true and that you're right that is a big lesson for a lot of fighters to learn on the come up and fortunately now there's enough older timers at the gym and older guys are, who've been in the program who can kind of help navigate but you know for a lot of people they don't know there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. from the medicals are totally different to the licensure to all these sorts of things you don't know about that involve going into the program so yeah that's a great point to bring up my dude now it's so funny that I had a question for you here but it's kind of like meh, and I want to kind of dive into right now you're at a hookah bar, and that because because <laughs> we got out there you the hookah. I have actually never hit the hookah, and there are various flavors if I'm to understand correctly. Tell me about hookah, man. Give me a lesson. I need to. Know. <laughs> uh, I'm no expert, but
2: uh, I'll tell you what it, it it is something that I found to be very sociable when I visited the Middle East twice. Uh, I went to Dubai twice. It was amazing. I highly recommend uh, a visit. It's definitely manageable financially as well. Um, but no, hookah is against my dad's wishes. He's a respiratory therapist, so I grew up not smoking, pretty much anything. So this is that one little vice, essentially, right? So um, no, man, it's it's social. Like when when you're in the Middle East, you eat food and and you bring out shisha. They call it shisha. So uh, it's it's fun. It's euphoric. You get a little bit of a buzz. Uh, it's most likely not the best for you, but there's a lot of things that are not very good for you that you do every every day all the time. So I'm um, just picking what that is, and, and it's not an everyday thing for me.
0: And you look really cool. I know we're an all audio show, but you were wearing a very flashy, very cool shirt when you were in there, dude. Looking very smooth, hitting the hoop. So I, I got to say, it was very movie star esque. And I appreciate that about you, my friend. So, appreciate dude, that, a, away from training, we got to find balance. You know what I'm saying? Mikey, it's it's a world where you can't just be all fighting on your brain all the time. You can't be training all day every day. We got to find balance. We got to find time away from that world to kind of decompress, let our minds relax, enjoy time away. So besides, you know, training, what are some things you like to do to kind of get away from that world and really have a good time and just relax? Brother,
2: my uh, my athletic career has always been the cup that pours into all my other cups. I'm an entrepreneur. I own a mobile bartending business. I own a marketing agency um lucky edge marketing poor decisions orlando i'm a local foodie so i have a, a food account food instagram and i have a, a name in the local area as well uh, i do a lot man and something i found out in my life is that anything i put my hand on kind of turns into gold and i think anybody has that power if they just choose to try to access it so i do a lot i really do a lot and i enjoy that i can express myself
0: in many ways so you really just answered the next question, which is, if you weren't a fighter, what do you think you'd be doing full-time? <laughs> and that's being a business owner and a motivational speaker and um, you know all the things you just mentioned. So you already kind of have your career path post-fighting already kind of mapped out, wouldn't you say?
2: Absolutely. And honestly, that can change
0: day to day, week
2: to week, month to month. Like my life is so volatile and crazy that opportunities throw themselves at me. And um, I'm excited, man. It really is like a limitless life. Uh, but I would say, no matter what I do, no matter where life and God takes me, I just want to make a difference while I'm here, and I want a big platform to do so. So that's where my heart's at. at The end of all of it.
0: Well, you're on your right way, dude. You, honestly, you have, a, first of all, you have a great management team. Shout out to Double S, my man Steve. Um, you know, who's going to put you in the right positions to, uh, you know, keep performing in front of the fans and then keep winning. And you're going to see where it takes because You are a fucking very well-rounded fighter. That's one of the things when you watch you. Um, and some of your studying some of your fights coming up, Mikey, is that the the well-roundedness. I didn't see any holes where I'm like, oh, he really needs to shore that up quicker. He's not gonna you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like I thought you were very well versed at every level of the game. And this early in your career, that's a big statement. And a lot of that has to come from your extensive amateur career. So enough of the pleasantries on that, my dude. You talked about <laughs> being you. a Good local time. oh, you're very welcome, my friend. You talk about being a local foodie. Now, normally I ask guys what they would like to or what their favorite thing is to throw down on after a fight, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper with you. I think you're a little bit more, I think you got a little bit more on this, on this one. So what would you say is your most exciting, most awesome favorite savory food in the Orlando, mm-hmm. in the Orlando food scene?
2: I, wow. Okay. I've had a lot of uh, experience with, like I had a I had a stage where I was big into Italian food, especially before. So pretty versed there, but I would say, as of right now which is pretty current it's been a few years i'm big on korean barbecue brother i love korean barbecue all you can eat all you can eat uh beef bulgogi and and uh pork belly the rice bibimbap like it's just it's an excellent culture and honestly uh the way you're supposed to do it is sip soju sip beers and have a good time with your friends so uh it's a very social way to eat even though you're all cooking your own food, it's freaking delicious. I and they, and then you have,
0: and then you have all, <laughs> you all, have all the banchan on the side. You know what I mean? You got your pickled radishes, oh, and your delicious. vegetables, all your little, you know, your ro. Uh, yeah, that's really, really great, call. Yeah, I've only had Korean barbecue maybe three or four times, and we don't have a mm. ton of we don't have a ton of those in Detroit where I live. Um, but when I do see it, I do make a note of it. Like, okay. We need to throw it out in there because you're right. It is so delicious. And it's just nonstop. Like, they want you to eat past consumption, which is right up my alley, my friend. <laughs> so, so, Mikey, <laughs> we, have, we have careened our way to the 10th round with Ryan, which is the easiest round of them all. Just share your social medias with us, dude. So, my friends, my fans, my listeners, we can all follow in your career moving forward and get on that Mikey Conlon train to success, oh, my dude.
2: Absolutely. Uh, TikTok, Instagram is going to be Mikey Conlon one underscore R-O-S instagram lucky edge marketing for decisions orlando godly taste buds i i, I i'm pretty pretty versed in, in social media i appreciate the plug-in and uh, mrmikeycongland.com it's my dot com i'm building and it's taking forever but uh it looks pretty cool i like it
0: absolutely my dude well we're gonna check out all of those we cannot wait to see you get into the cage next time we really have high hopes for you, dude. Like I said, I'm, I've am i got a pretty good eye for uh, for talent when it's on the come-up, and I really, really stand behind having you on the show and looking forward to what you're going to prove to everybody in the cage moving forward. We wish you best of luck and best of skill in all your other endeavors, Mikey. And again, we really appreciate you taking the time to do the interview today, my friend.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor, brother. This is Mikey Conlon. I just went 10 rounds of Rhino.
0: Mikey, thank you so much, dude. That was a really, really fun one. We really appreciate you, doing. the best of luck and scale here next uh, time getting into the Kings Broski. We can't wait to see you. All right. Let's go ahead and get our shout-outs and our outro to our forum contributors to Ty the Fly Guy, to the big homie Jim Asu, to the Rage of the Sweet Potato, R.S.P. is a choice for me, <laughs> <laughs> to my homie the Doc, to Thruple Juice. And you remember, remember who voted for who? I'm Brian Ortega. There's your answer on that. <laughs> to, of course, APB, the Goals with the mohos, and a phenomenal performance, as always, my friend. To Miss Fight Diva, Ashley, the MMA mom, and the man of mayhem, Hunter from 24-7 FC, Cyrus King, Sammy, Tori, Tom and Sandy down in Houston, Jillian and Jason, my underdog MMA peeps, to Leslie, to Gina, Shannon, and Stephanie F1 from our beloved PRG, to Brat, Filthy Casual, Tyson, Maya, Annabelle and Scott, and of course my Rhino Gang GC, thank you guys for all your help week in and week out getting the show out and all of our fun conversations that we have, it is an awesome time in there, love you guys alright, to the feature play Andrea to D Reigns, the best engineer in the biz to J at jma 4 on Twitter and at JMMA on YouTube for his video game UFC content, another fantastic poster of uh, Mikey today, really appreciate you my dude we talk about it week after week APB. We know the world is filled with some real crazy stuff going on, and I love that we can have our own little kind of space to just talk about MMA and have fun and have a good time. We hope it does that for you guys the same way it does for us. We love you, and as we love to say around here, love is greater than hate, and we will see you next week. Cage